The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation with another trailblazing innovator. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Chris Richter. Senior Vice President of Global Security Services for Level 3 Communications. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. Well, thanks so much for making the time today. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Absolutely. In my role, I'm responsible for the Managed Security and Professional Security Services product line at Level 3 Communications. I've been in IT services for a little over 30 years, and I've been in IT security services for just shy of 20 years. I've seen a lot of changes happen (laughs) over the past couple of decades, for for sure. Prior to Level 3, I was VP of Managed Security Services at CenturyLink, and my career spans security consulting and security marketing and product management and other IT services, including cloud and hosting services. And security is red hot right now, Chris. I imagine you guys are right in the fire. It is hot and it seems to be getting hotter, but I gotta tell you, 20 years ago, it was not so hot. It was sort of relegated to the back corners of the IT department. And I can remember the days when the people would see the the firewall manager or security IT person walking down the hallway, they might turn the other direction. (laughs) And now today we've seen a lot of the letter C in front of security titles. We have chief security officer, chief information security officer, chief privacy officer, chief compliance officer. And there's a number of security careers that are starting to appear spanning physical to logical security. Good deal. Before we get into our meaty questions, could you give the audience a 10,000-foot overview of what Level 3 Communications does for your customers, how you serve your customers? Indeed. Level 3 is slightly more than $8 billion in annual revenue. We have about a little more than 12,000 employees globally. We are a global network services company providing private networking and public IP networking in addition to a number of over-the-top services such as voice, collaboration, security services, of course, content distribution, networking. And all of these services are interconnected via over 200,000 miles of fiber that we own globally, connecting 60-plus countries. We also have more than 360 data centers located on countries all around the globe. A lot of our services run on our backbone, but they're also designed to be network agnostic. So Our goal is to connect and protect the network world as more services move on to the backbone. That's our objective, and that's a little bit about who we are. Perfect. Chris, could you start by identifying the overall trends in security in healthcare in terms of the technology, the cost, and the talent? Absolutely. And, you know, healthcare is not that much different than other vertical markets with regard to the challenges they're facing. One of the biggest challenges is cost. 
we've done numerous surveys in the past, and we see that the percentage of IT security as a part of the overall IT budget tends to increase year after year. One recent survey we conducted indicated that 20% on average of an organization's IT budget was spent on cybersecurity, and the survey respondents indicated that they expected that number to increase between 25 and 50% per year going forward. And that really becomes an unsustainable problem because IT systems are typically in place to help companies grow their business, whereas IT security is there as a protection layer. But if it gets to be too big of a part of the IT budget, then it begins eating into the revenue producing and the business supporting IT functions. That's a huge problem across all vertical markets and healthcare in particular. And healthcare, as you know, is being pressured to reduce costs. So the increasing cost of IT security really does factor into the cost of healthcare. But at the same time, the demands for security are increasing because of the value of healthcare information, and the criticality of the proper flow of that information. If it doesn't flow properly, not only do you risk the financial stability of a healthcare organization, but it can also put the patients themselves at risk of harm. So cost impacts a number of factors with healthcare. The other issue, getting into some of the security issues directly, a lot of healthcare organizations are targeted because, as I said, the value of their data a healthcare record can be worth as much as 100 times more than a credit card record. And because of that, this information inside of a healthcare organization is highly targeted by hackers. If you have somebody's healthcare profile, which can contain social security numbers, date of birth, address history, medical history, next of kin, all sorts of detailed data, you could really replicate somebody's identity and wreak havoc with it. And this data shows up in the new black market, which is the dark web, for sale. I think probably it's safe to say that all of us have some of our personal information being traded right now or sitting and made available on the dark web. It's a problem that needs to be addressed, and the thing that's frustrating for a lot of organizations is that throwing money at it isn't really the answer to the problem. Chris, we're reading headlines, a lot of ransomware headlines, in healthcare and other security breaches almost every week. What can you tell us what's really behind the headlines? Is there more problems than we actually read about? Or are we seeing all the problems? Or is there some amount of hype being generated so the problems really aren't as big as they are being reported? I think we're seeing only a subset of the breaches. Not all organizations are required to report breach events. And I know for a fact that a lot of organizations, when they do get attacked, they keep it quiet because they're not required by law, depending on what they're doing, to report the breach. It is getting worse. I don't believe that it's overhyped. I believe it is a very serious issue facing governments, public institutions, and commercial organizations, including healthcare. Ransomware is a very popular attack technique, and it's driven by money. When you think about it, it's easy to get into the realm of hacking. It's a relatively easy entree point. The learning curve can be relatively small. There's a lot of money available to individuals who want to devote themselves to nefarious cybercrime. And the chances of getting caught are minimal. If you're good at anonymizing yourself and covering your tracks, there's a lot of tools and techniques available to do that. 
and the chances of getting killed if you choose to move from, say, the drug crime into cybercrime. It's a lot safer from a personal perspective. So there's a lot of compelling reasons why individuals who are inclined will turn to cybercrime as a profession. And we're seeing more and more individuals enter that space. Governments, the rogue nation states, we've seen oftentimes collaborate with organized cybercrime to partner on tools and techniques to steal data or disrupt data flow. But to get back to your question specifically, Joe, it is not being hyped. If anything, we're not seeing probably the half of what's really going on out there. Chris, I noticed last year we were hearing about new ransomware attacks almost every week, and it seems like we're not hearing about ransomware specifically. Is it a specific approach against ransomware not to publicize it, or what's really going on? Do you have a sense? Well, ransomware is a very useful technique for hackers to make money because in most cases the victims will pay the ransom fee. And you got to remember these individuals are criminals, but they're also business people, so they're open to negotiating. In some cases that are pretty well publicized, I know a hospital in Southern California negotiated the ransomware fee down because they just simply didn't have the money to pay what the perpetrators were originally asking for. So they negotiated a, a lower rate, but they had to do it to keep their data flowing, to have access to the data. So it's, it's a growing problem. And as I said, tools and techniques are evolving all the time so that these criminals have better techniques at their disposal to take advantage of this. All right. With that, Intrepid Healthcare will return with our guest, Chris Richter, after this quick break. We'll be right back. Smarter business decisions, a better bottom line, stronger relationships with patients. That's what more than 3,000 hospitals and health systems and 7,000 other healthcare providers, 60% of all U.S. healthcare organizations are experiencing as partners of Experian Health. Experian Health provides industry-leading revenue cycle management, identity management, patient engagement, and care management solutions that power opportunities in today's value-based healthcare environment. Find out for yourself by going to www.experian.com forward slash healthcare. Bookmark that site to keep abreast of Experian Health's transformative service offerings. And we're back with Senior Vice President of Global Security Services for Level 3 Communications, Chris Richter. Chris, I understand that you've just completed a healthcare security study, and you just released it, I think, just last week. Could you give a preview of the study and some key takeaways? Absolutely. We worked with HIMSS Analytics to get a better understanding of what's on the mind of healthcare IT security professionals. We surveyed about 125 of these executives and professionals, and these are the individuals who are responsible for making decisions about security controls within their organizations. Some quick statistics. We found that the survey respondents, about 80% of them, identified employee security awareness as the biggest source of concern for them. And this is despite the fact that 85% of them have internal security awareness programs in place. And this is exactly the kernel of data that we were trying to get to. What this tells us is that no matter how much you train people on good data hygiene and security controls and what they need to be aware of, they are still humans, and humans are prone to make mistakes. We've seen some people who are very aware of hacking and the risks that are out there readily hand over 
personally identifiable information, such as employment records, to hackers. So unlike a firewall or a UTM device or a malware detection and prevention appliance, which you can program and tune and you know it's going to do what you programmed it to do, humans are variable and they are unpredictable. I can recall a case where an organization was trained on given very scary stories about techniques that cyber hackers use, and they were told, if you find a USB drive, for example, in, in the parking lot, do not pick it up. Well, about 30 days after the training, the training organization sprinkled USB drives in the parking lot, and many of those devices were picked up and plugged in, and the training department was notified through the benevolent malware that those devices contained that their training had failed. <laughs> When you think about what is at risk, all it takes is one individual to get an email with an attachment, and these hackers are getting very good at crafting emails that are very well written, and they look legitimate. There may be something slightly different about the URL, but the individual can click on that, and doing so could potentially download malware that gets into the organization, opens up a back door, and allows the criminals to install either ransomware or punch a hole on the firewall that will allow them to exfiltrate data that they can later resell. So I thought that was a really interesting outcome of the survey, and I understand that concern. Now, a surprising number of the respondents only had a moderate level of concern regarding getting breached. So with all the concern about the human element, only about a third said that they had a high level of concern about getting breached. And I think that part of that may be due to sort of uh, breach fatigue, that it's happening a lot, but it probably won't happen to me. And if it does happen, they're not going to get data that's worth very much. So I think that there's still education that has to happen about the risks that exist out there. At the same time, over half of the respondents already had in place things like DDoS mitigation. And a DDoS attack is a denial of service attack that could render healthcare data completely inaccessible. So over half had those kinds of controls in place, and half had threat, uh, over half had threat intelligence controls in place, which is good to see, because it means that they're starting to dig deeper into the true sources of attacks and the types of techniques that attackers are using. By using threat intelligence data, they're, they're getting into the weeds of the kind of controls they have to have in place to prevent the spread of those exploits. The other key takeaway from this is that the top three protection methods that organizations plan to implement in the next two years as their budgets allow and as they get the headcount and personnel in place to manage these things is threat intelligence products. 34% said that they were going to go for those. The next is next generation firewalls. 31% will buy NG firewalls, as we call them. And 27% will implement uh, DDoS mitigation services as part of their security structure. Those are the top three technical security controls that they will implement. And they, of course, will continue to do employee awareness training as a regular practice within their organizations. Outstanding. Some great results. And we will share the link to that study just so people can really consume some really great information that you guys found out along with HIMSS Analytics in that study. So far, Chris, we've identified and somewhat quantified the problem, but what's a healthcare organization to do? What are some top threat mitigation recommendations you can offer to our listeners? Well, it all begins with uh, risk assessment. No organization, regardless of the size, 
should be without some sort of security governance program in place. Even a small dentist's office should have some sort of security governance program in place, which begins with identifying, locating, and placing a value on protected healthcare data. A lot of organizations, I'm not going to name names, not only do they not know the value of their data, they don't really know where their data is located, nor how old it is. So a good governance program, which begins with a risk assessment, will help identify and classify data, and then build upon that to determine what kind of security controls are required to protect that data. So if you have PHI, or protected healthcare data, you may make a decision if you know where it is and you know how old it is, you may make the decision to use encryption as a means of protecting it so that hackers, if they do break into your organization, you have to assume that somebody will eventually break into your IT systems, cannot make use of it if they exfiltrate it. You may find that the types of access methods through this risk assessment you have are too open. The kind of controls for utilizing two-factor authentication and other authorization means are required to keep people out of the data. A governance program also dictates the awareness training for employees. And there's a long list of things that come from proper governance. So that's what a healthcare organization must do. And you know, part of the risk assessment will point out if you've got properly trained IT security people on staff. I see a lot of organizations throw money at technology only to find out later they don't have the people nor the time to manage and maintain those security controls. So what ends up happening is they get flooded with a lot of security information generated by this technology and the truly dangerous alerts and stuff gets lost in the background because there's not enough people to respond to it or manage it. But again, going back to your question, it begins with a risk assessment and the establishment of a security governance regime. Perfect. Great advice. Chris, what predictions do you have for healthcare security space in 2017? Well, given the increasing number of breaches and attacks, and given the fact that the organizations globally are spending record amounts on security technology, I think that individuals and organizations are going to become increasingly aware that throwing money at the problem is not the answer. And there's going to be an increase and rise in the number of risk assessments and the establishment of better governance programs. It's amazing how many organizations don't even have simple security governance plans in place. But I think 2017 is the year where we've hit that tipping point organizations just basically pause and say, let's stop spending on security technology and look at the way we're using the existing security technology that we have in place based on some valid risk assessment and governance techniques that are available. And there's a lot of frameworks available. Security technology is really important, but it should only be used, and those precious dollars in your IT department should only be spent based on what a governance program and risk assessment tells you to spend them on. I'm really getting the sense that there is some technology burnout happening and our customers are beginning to move to let's take a step back and apply security controls in an intelligent manner that is driven by a security governance framework. Awesome. Chris, for those that want to know a little more, want to keep up with you on an ongoing basis, your thought leadership that you're putting out on security, what's the best way for them to stay in contact with you? Listeners can reach out to me via my Twitter handle. I am 
Richter on Cyber, and a number of my followers reach out to me that way. That's uh, R-I-C-H-T-E-R-O-N-C-Y-B-E-R. Perfect. Thanks. And I want to take this time to remind everybody to go out to www.level3.com, bookmark that site to learn more about the great things that Chris and his team are doing and to keep up on an ongoing basis. Chris, it was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your great wisdom with us. Thanks for having me, Joe. It was a pleasure. It was our pleasure indeed. And that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Chris Richter, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.